we have a magic eight ball here. Let's ask. Uh, Chris, are you rolling? By I'm the rolling way? now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's ask uh, the major eight ball, Jackie. Is your baby going to pop out today? Oh, hell no. Okay. <laughs> You're good. You're good. What's it going to take to get that baby out? Welcome. Punch. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> Actually, we, Barry, Barry has an answer to that. Was it gonna? What is she gonna need to have to give birth? You're gonna need a couple of horses, <laughs> or a couple of mules. Yes. Yes. Oh no! That's usually not at all prepared. <laughs> all right, we're rolling here, Chris. We're ready to rock. Oh, oh, I got hit the damn timer. Hit the timer. The timer. Hit the timer. So, Chris, this is the first time we've ever done an episode in studio where everyone's standing. <laughs> <laughs> Can all you, the equipment, like the timer, the it's recorder, <laughs> it's all down. So I got to squat down. I don't know. It's I know. Messy. Can you get the lumberjack to take a picture of you guys? The lumberjack's not even here. here. His desk is covered with boxes. We got to get shipments out. Really? It's a it's a train wreck. Oh. Two man show today. Yeah, two man. It's just me and you. That's right. One, two. one and two. Oh, a th- a three man. I think it's a three man show. Oh. It is a two man right. show. Well. You're listening to the Profit First podcast on NPR. <laughs> Sorry. No? Not really. No? But you are listening to the Profit First podcast, episode 95. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Almost caught up a lot. I know, I know. The reason I get jacked up like that, Greg Eisenberg. Eisenbikes. Eisenberg was the guy from uh, that TV show, um, Bad, Morning, no, uh, ben, Morning Bad, ben, Breaking Bad. bad. Breaking Bad. <laughs> Greg, like, dude, I love the grunting in the beginning, so that was for Greg. There you go. Oh, and I almost hurt myself grunting. Well, let's, <laughs> welcome to the show, everybody. We really appreciate you listening to the Profit First podcast. My name is Chris Curran. I'm the founder of Fractal Recording. And I'm Mike Bikalowitz, the author of Prop First. Don't forget, also, my newest book's out there called Surge. And you, Surge. you're listening to the Prop... <laughs> uh, pause for you. You are listening to the Prop First podcast, and you're in the studio with Christina Bulldog. Hey there. We're both standing today. Oh. This is the podcast where you discover all the elements of profitability. We talked about how you do it in aquaponics, in ponds. We've talked about <laughs> it and how you're a badass of, of quite a few yes. weeks ago. Today, we're going to talk about how you do in breath mints. <laughs> this is serious, too. This is a serious episode. Uh, you can hear us as a podcast everywhere. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, or any podcatcher. I use, uh, for Android, I use uh, Podcast Addict. There you go. And our website, ProfitFirstPodcast.com. And here's my challenge to you. Go to ProfitFirstPodcast.com. You'll see all the episodes, including this one. You can comment on each post. If you have questions or comments about the guest or Mike or something I said was stupid, comment on it. Tell us. And uh, and also you can share your experiences there as well. This is an interactive show. I got to pull up the comments. I haven't recently. So we got to look because we may have questions in there for us. Yes. We've been asking for those. So do put them up there. We will look. We haven't. <laughs> well, uh, you get an email will. every time there's a comment. You should get an email. No, dude, that's not happening because I went there and there was like... Really? Four or five comments up that yeah, I didn't get emailed. Oh. May's going into my spam filter. We got let's look at <laughs> set that. that up, yeah. Let's I'll look find. at that. <laughs> so dude, uh, what have you been up to, man? You know, my wife and I went on this hike the other day and I you know, I was on Google Maps and I'm looking at this hike and it's like, oh, five and a half miles, not bad. Okay, what? Twenty minute miles, that's what? What hour and forty minutes, maybe two hours. I'm like, okay, cool. We go there and apparently we didn't know this, but the first mile and a half 
climbs 1,350 feet in elevation. Oh, my gosh. And once we were, like, halfway up, we're like, what the hell? And then so we got to the top, and we're like, oh, my God. The view was spectacular, but I really didn't know it was this extreme of a hike. I didn't know. But here's the thing. If I knew it was an extreme hike, we wouldn't have went on it. So what we did is we got to the top. We went all the way around. It was so cool. We would have never had that experience. And I wonder in life, the things, you know, the things we rush into as fools, sometimes it's better not to know how difficult something is, right? Just run, just go do it. That's true. Right? Because you would have never done it if you knew. Yeah. Anyway, what so, have you been up to? Well, here's my new thing. I'm doing a little new bit for us. It's my oh. my stupid comment on Facebook. <laughs> I, like to, I like to make jokes on, on Facebook, but you, you know, they're risky. They're risky. Daily. My... My old roommate, Phil Nunnally, I haven't spoke with Phil since college. He's a great guy. Phil Nunnally, so this is 25 years ago. Phil Nunnally, um, who hasn't heard from me, but we are friends on Facebook, said, we, I guess he's referred to him and his wife, we went to Target today and I could barely get in the bathroom for all the transgender people beating down the door. Ha, ha, ha. Right? So my response, Phil, spelled F-I-L-L. because Of course. You know. <laughs> Phil, were you one of them? Oh, question mark. Yeah. You know, he hasn't heard from me in 25 freaking years. And literally, wow. could you imagine? Like, you wouldn't go to your college or high school reunion, someone you haven't seen in 25 years, and they say something like, Oh, are you a transgender? <laughs> like, yeah. You would never, you would never. But on Facebook, I feel so emboldened. Oh, man. Wow. And of course, uh, there's the old jokes. Oh, what's your last name? McCracken? You know? <laughs> yo, yo, he's heard that a million times. That was what I called him, actually. Oh, okay. Um, in college. No, I would call him Phil, but I always write F-I-L is how I spelled it. Oh, not even with two L's. Like Chick-fil-A, but not Phil-A. Yeah. Right. Um, today's guest is going to be amazing. But first, I want to thank our... Um, Shout out we got, and then our corporate partner. So why don't you say Yeah, so this comes out from a mystery listener. Um, Ooh. Can we get the said, evil laugh, please, underneath this? Uh, it's like two uh, feet I'm standing. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> like, I can't do it. <laughs> Go ahead, Christina. So, I can give you that. He says, hi there. I've been listening to your podcast on and off for several weeks, and I've just started to read and listen to Profit First. I am so happy and excited for the future success of my business. I've just graduated with a master's in accountancy and started working on my business at a more full-time level. I just wanted to say thank you for that, and I truly do appreciate all you do. I hope that after I have been in business for at least a year and I've established a client base, I too can become a profit-first professional. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. We'd love to have you on board. That's cool. No wonder they didn't share their name. I know. Because <laughs> right now, they're not a profit-first professional right now. They're embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, how can I not be? It's like but a once they become, seed. they'll be telling their name to everybody. Yeah, it's like a seed that's growing, Mike. We need to nurture yes. the seeds. Nurture. Water the seed. Nurture. Sure. <laughs> um, so, by the way, my new one. coordinator that I hired, she uh, she she's a p- profit first podcast listener. She told oh, me, "Oh, that's nice. fantastic!" Yeah, nice. is that how she found you, or you found her? No, she's local here in Colorado Springs. And oh, you've made her one. Yeah, no, no, no. She, I, you know what? I don't know. I think I met her husband, and then I don't know when she started listening. I met her a couple times, but she just started listening. She's like, "Oh, I, I listen all the time." So let me get to this part on my script here. It says, soft sponsor, thank you. Company one name is. Uh, so company one name is T-Sheets. Company two name is Fundbox, Nextiva, Fundera, and Receipt Bank. I want to thank all those companies. Uh, we'll, we'll give you more details on what they do. Um, but those aren't just companies that support this mayhem of a, te- of a podcast. Um, but they also um, are companies that we use. We use all of their services and truly love these companies. 
And don't forget, at the end of this episode, you're about to discover something unique and interesting, and we're going to discover or discuss what we discover that we think is unique and history interesting at the end. God, why am I stumbling so much? <laughs> I don't know. It's a freaking standing. I'm, I, may, I may not <laughs> make it standing, right? And, okay. and the stupid vibration thing. Like, I, my, I'm not staying straight enough. That's the problem. Oh, you're still wearing that thing on your shoulder He's still that wearing vibrates. It. Yeah, three weeks. He's a champ. Three uh, weeks, aka three hours. Um, <laughs> her name is <laughs> her name is Jackie Ross Handler. You know, the first time I met Jackie was I was doing a pilot TV show uh, called uh, Bailout. Mm. And the concept of the show was businesses that needed to have a major shift in their paradigm. Well, she has a business called Eat Whatever. And it's a breath mint, but it's a really cool concept. I'll ever explain why it's two mints you take kind of in sequence. It's not even two mints. It's two kind of pills you take in sequence. Mm. Um, Mm. Fascinating. Well, she's doing it. She comes on the show. I'm the host. And my job is to challenge her. To, and her challenge at the time was marketing. I said, why don't you have people walk around, eat an onion in front of someone, <laughs> and then take your breath mints and see how it just immediately <laughs> defeats that. And she's like, I don't know if it works. So on the show, I grab an onion, I take a huge bite out oh. of it, and I go, oh, hi, <laughs> how are you? Her face turned green. <laughs> yeah, and she got divorced from her husband a day later. Oh! Um, well, that's what she said. <laughs> I don't know if it's coincidence or phenomenal. Oh, man. <laughs> is that right, Jackie? Am I being right? So yeah, I'm, I'm laughing quietly. Okay. <laughs> it's totally accurate. Well, Jackie, um, you now are the inventor also of Woof Mint. Yes. But, uh, well, first let me welcome you to the show, then I'll ask you questions. Welcome to our show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Yeah, thanks welcome. for joining. So um, what what exactly is Eat Whatever? Eat Whatever is an internal breath freshener. So, you know, when you've eaten onion or garlic and you brush your teeth or you chew gum and you just like cannot get rid of that smell. And that's because the smell is actually coming from your stomach, not your mouth. And all those other things just target your mouth. So I created a breath freshener that targets your stomach as well as your mouth. Um, it contains two components. One is a vegan gel cap that you swallow. That's the one that gives you the fresh breath from the inside. Then you suck on the mint for a bit of instant mintiness in your mouth. So what's in a gel cap that gives you freshness on the inside? All natural good stuff. Parsley, peppermint, <laughs> well, sunflower okay. oil. Uh, the gel cap itself is vegan. It's made out of seaweed. So there's no artificial anything. There's no uh, animal byproducts. It's all nice and clean. So one of the killers, particularly in the sales realm, is when someone has rotten breath. Like I've been to an appointment or a meeting and I'm talking to the person next to me and like your eyes start watering (laughs) and and it's so distracting. Jackie, how do you approach someone and say, hey, you should be having some eat whatever's? You know, it's funny because every time I offer it to somebody, they say, are you trying to tell me something? Yeah, and yeah. most of the time I'm not. Most of the time I'm just like, here, you know, this is what I do. <laughs> it's easier than giving somebody the spiel. I just give them a pack and then they work it out. <laughs> um, but there are definitely times where, I mean, I was in a spin class this morning, person next to me had rank breath and it was just <laughs> revolting. And I had to sit next to it for 45 minutes oh. and it's just not fun. Um, so how do you do it? Uh, I, I think, yeah, you just kind of offer them the product. That's generally the easiest way. And and if they get offended, then they're they're crazy because you're doing them a favor, <laughs> really. You're doing them a favor. Yeah. But it's, it's the old booger on the face. Like if I tell you you got a booger hanging out, 
it's embarrassing in the moment. It helps you, uh-huh. but it's embarrassing in the moment. And I couldn't see myself in a sales meeting or something where some guy's stinking up the room with his breath and saying, hold on, everyone, please stop. Uh, this guy's got to take this breath mint. I just figured so, out a way around it, Mike. How's that? Take out your phone, go, oh my God, I just got an anonymous text message from someone in this room that says you have a booger on your face. It wasn't me. It just, it's just oh. a text message from someone. That's very public. (laughs) That's very public. I actually have a friend who works in an office with a guy who he said had the worst breath. And he said to him, he was like, listen, your breath is terrible all the time. My friend makes these breath fresheners. I'm going to start buying them for the office. And it's changed their lives. Apparently the whole office thanks him like every day for introducing this guy to eat whatever. Do you ever get any pushback from customers, though, you know, since it's a pill? That would be my concern because I'd be like, oh, God, I got to take another pill. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, know, but, I mean, taking? no, because, no, well, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> like Advil or you get, you know, like, an, oh, is it concerned with the liver? Like, yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> I, got you. I said it in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many pills you're taking, but no, I, I uh, there are definitely some people, but sometimes like elderly people, um, are a bit worried because they're right. taking a lot of medications. At the same time, a lot of their medications make their breath smell. So we do have fans who say to us, like, my medications oh. make my breath smell bad. I've been taking your product and it's helped a lot. Um, there are a lot of young people who literally swallow anything, so that's the upside. <laughs> <They know. laughs> um, but for sure, there are and, – and I kind of say to people, look, everything you you eat, you swallow, <laughs> like – It's not that. I mean, it's a tiny gel cap, but it's a mental thing. And for some people, that's a block. And, you know, you can't please everybody, I guess. What what are some of the innovative marketing you've done to get whatever out there? Oh, my God. I've done a lot of crazy things. Um, One of the funniest that you can see on YouTube, if you go to the Kissable Breath channel, Mm -hmm. is uh, I ran around Miami in a fake kissing booth. Um, handing out samples of eat whatever to people in the streets <laughs> and did videos and that was pretty fun um, and got some t- some attention doing that. Um, oh, how, we, how did this kissing booth work? Like you were sitting like, there? Like- I, I, it was like a box over my head and I had my arms out the side of it. But were you kissing people? I was, I was pretending. I mean – I, I was really encouraging couples to kiss, like giving them product and being like, okay, guys, kiss, tell me if it's worked gotcha. sort of thing. Um, but there were a lot of like weirdos who were like, can I come back and test it on you? And that sort oh, of thing. Oh, that's always fun. Oh, no. That's always uh, fun. Creeps. Uh, you get used to that after a while. <laughs> Selling a breath freshener, I've got to be honest. <laughs> did you have any creeps come up to you and bite a whole onion and blow it in your face? <laughs> no, I <laughs> or was I the only creep that did that to you? <laughs> <laughs> So what about what about um, going to doctors who are signing? You said when people eat medicine, sometimes it changes their breath. Do you build relationships with companies like maybe a doctor who's assigning medicine saying, here's one other thing you can give as a sample to these I people that have... That. Yeah, I do that with my dentist. So my dentist oh, puts the packs in her goodie bags for her, for her uh, patients. Um, doctors I haven't done. That's a good idea. Maybe that's something I should look into. Yeah. <laughs> I See, I need you in my life. Like I you kind of do. Like I think I've been the life changer for you. I, I, you know, every. I think this is gonna be a routine. Like every five to eight years, I'm gonna jump in, <laughs> f- fuck with your life, like totally. That and onion then, is a like, leave. Point. Yeah, yeah I'm, awesome. a, I'm a turning point person for you. Um, I think it's talk, important. Yeah, the baby yeah. will make some difference, but you'll make more difference, Mike. Right. <laughs> right. 
That, your baby will be born the first day. They'll be, um, you know, it's it's tradition. I know you're originally from Australia, right? Yes. So I don't know if you know this is tradition in America, but whoever's had the biggest impact on your life, you assign your baby's first name that person's last name. Uh oh. So when your baby's born, <laughs> her or his first name has to be Michalowicz. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, what a beautiful I'm name. Back to Australia <laughs> in the next 24 hours then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how can you be in spin class? If you're about to have a baby, how come you're at spin class? Because I'm insane. <laughs> <laughs> you are insane. All yeah. right. So you come up with this product, Woof Mints. I think it's a killer idea. How did you come up with this idea? Well, it was pretty interesting, actually. Um, Eat whatever works beautifully for humans. Uh, my business partner's daughter went to her vet, said my dog has the worst breath ever. I've tried everything. Um, my father's involved in this product, eat whatever. Do you think I could give it to the dog? And the vet looked at all of the you know, ingredients and said, absolutely, this is human-grade stuff. The dog will be fine. So we tested it on the dog and the dog's breath was incredible. So we realized, okay, there's something in this. So we started creating a, a little modified version for dogs and we did some clinical trials with the New York Animal Medical Clinic and the results were great and it was deemed completely safe and we launched December, sort of early December last year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we launched uh, in conjunction with BarkBox who were very helpful with us in giving us some sort of great articles talking about how the product is really fantastic and how their dogs love it and uh, and now we're selling it everywhere and it's um, it's kind of amazing. I mean it really, really works for dogs and I think people even notice it more than the human version because dogs are in your face so much. I mean, if a dog loves you, it is breathing on you, it is licking your face. So once you've given your dog wolf mints, you really notice how amazing their breath is after taking it for a couple of days. So we, we have an office dog, Daisy, yeah. and her breath is a little rotten at times. How do you get a dog to take a pill? I, I could never do that with my dog. Yeah, usually we just put it in their food um, and they'll just eat it. Otherwise, uh, a little pill pocket, a little um, cream cheese or peanut butter, whatever their favorite little snack is. We haven't had a lot of dogs that won't take the the product. So I want to get into understanding how you pulled an idea into reality. I mean, you did with Woof Mints, you did with Eat Whatever. There's thousands of people, <laughs> like three people listening to the show, but there's three people listening to the show who have um, amazing ideas. But the question is the execution. Mm-hmm. How did you take these concepts, perhaps start with the Eat Whatever, and make it into an actual product? Well, that's the, that's the thing that, that makes you an entrepreneur, right? You actually make the idea happen. So, Um, I always tell people I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I asked a lot of questions. I sounded like an idiot. I mean, I went to trade shows. I sort of had an idea in my head, at least for whatever, that I wanted to create a breath freshener that was internal. So that was my idea. Um, I guess the first thing that I did was I went to a, uh, the natural products expo, um, in Anaheim. And at the time it was much smaller. Now it's kind of a behemoth and would probably be very, uh, intimidating, but I went there and I started talking to gel cap manufacturers and I learned a little bit about gel caps and that most of them are made out of pork or beef and I don't even eat pork or beef. So that wasn't going to work for me. Um, but I did end up finding like a, a vegan gel cap manufacturer. And so I would, you know, call companies and I would sound like an idiot and I would ask silly questions 
and they kind of thought it was funny a lot of the time. I think maybe the accent's helpful. And yeah. um, and I just, you know, try and start learning things and 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 I made plenty of mistakes. My packaging at the beginning was all wrong for major retailers. Um, but I guess the good thing was I didn't have millions of dollars to spend. So I always think to myself, had I been given a lot of money at the beginning, I would have blown a lot of money at the beginning. Mm. Um, it was good that I was bootstrapping and sort of finding my way because it allowed me to make those mistakes and they weren't so detrimental to the whole business in the end. Um, but yeah, just asking a lot of questions. The other thing I find that's, uh, really important is asking other people in the business or in similar businesses. So I had a lot of friends in the beverage business and I asked them a lot of questions about distributors, about margins, things like that, that I had no idea about. Um, People are often worried that other people are going to steal their ideas. They're not. I mean, it's, it takes so much work to create a product out of nothing that I really think that you're better off asking questions and learning things than worrying that people are going to steal your idea because the chances that they will are just slim to none. Do people feel threatened, though, by you? I mean, you're going to similar businesses. Maybe you went to other people that made even breath mints. Are you going to other people and they're like, "Uh uh-oh, here comes a new idea my way. I'm not going to share anything. I don't think so. And I've had a lot of people approach me who, I mean, I'm friends with people who make gum who make mints. I've had people ask me for, you know, what packaging company I use, who make mints. And I'm 99.9% of the time happy to share all of those contacts because it's not really competition unless they're making a, a, a gel cap that you swallow that gives you fresh breath internally. I don't feel that it's a, a same, the same kind of product. And I like sort of helping other entrepreneurs because it's good karma, always comes back. Talk about some of the failures you had. You said um, some of these ideas you had were totally wrong. You you weren't prepared for the retail market and stuff. Mm -hmm. What are some of the big mistakes you made in the beginning? Well, it's kind of funny because one of them was that my packaging originally sort of said suck and swallow all over it. (laughs) I do do remember that. That's when I met you. Yeah. I'm wondering why those creepy guys were approaching you uh, (laughs) when you had that box over your head saying suck and swallow on it. Okay, terrific. Now we know the answer. No now wonder. you know the answer. So, you know, in some ways it got the package, it got the product some attention <laughs> um, and it did get it into some stores kind of quickly. But, you know, people like Dwayne Reed said, look, we like your product, but there's no way we can sell it like this. Bed Bath & Beyond said you need to change it. Hmm. So we changed it um, and that was okay. Uh, it probably would have saved me, you know, a year and a half if I had gone into the market originally with packaging that was more mainstream. But then again, maybe it wouldn't have gotten the attention, like the PR that it got without Mm. having that crazy packaging. So you you live and learn. I I don't know the answer to that. Um, I remember you you went through the rebranding for Bed Bath & Beyond and the original concept, you said, you know, suck and swallow doesn't work. So you came up with suck harder and swallow faster. So what did what did you rename or rebrand it to? It's incredible that it's just not a household name yet. Um, <laughs> no, we changed it to swallow a gel cap, suck on a mint. So it's not very naughty anymore. That's funny. That I mean, that little difference. Yeah. Um, interesting. And are you in the Bed Bath & Beyonds? Are you in these major retailers now? 
So we're in all of the Dwayne Reeds. We're in quite a few Whole Foods, um, Fresh Market, Fairways, Bed Bath and Beyond, Trial Dust, and a whole lot of different stores. They're they're kind of interesting to deal with. Um, we are. I think the product is in some stores, but not not nationally. No. And now tell us about. Um some of the smart things you kind of came across on your path. Is there anything you did just not knowing the industry, you just did it and it's like, oh my God, that was a great decision. Hmm. Good question. Um, I think that uh, some of the seeding that we did was a good decision. I think um, we, you know, we didn't do things like spend a fortune putting them in like gift bags at the Oscars. And I think a lot of people do things Mm. like that, which you know, unless your product is available in every corner store, there's no point in really doing that. And those gift bags are usually not, you know, Brad Pitt isn't usually digging into them. It's usually gives it straight to his assistant and, you know, it, it, it doesn't really have the impact when you consider how expensive it would be to, to give away thousands of product and probably pay a fee on top of that. Um Really clever things I did. I don't know. <laughs> Could leave that with me. Maybe I'll come back to you. Hey, by the way, I have actual actual audio from the Bed Bath and Beyond representative when you asked them if you could, if they could uh, have your product. Oh, what they store. say? Let's hear. It. Nah, it ain't gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> so, that was it. So, um, <laughs> um, inside you're laughing so hard, Jackie. So, uh, so hard, so, I'm crying. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, is there suggestions you have for other folks who are innovating to, to grow their business, to, to pull off what you've done successfully for themselves? What would you tell other people that are aspiring to do what you're doing in their niche? I would say make sure you're creating something that isn't just a me too product because there are mm. so many out there. Um, so, you know, unless you're really differentiating yourself somehow, there's no point in creating another me too product unless you have millions of dollars in marketing, uh, you know, to spend on marketing and then that's fantastic. Um, it's, you know, it's an interesting game going into mass market. You're competing with big brands that have, you know, big marketing spend. So you have to have something that's innovative and special. Um, and I think also, you know, the, the big thing with business for me, I always say is go with your gut because you get a lot of different opinions about things, but at the end of the day, you always have to go with your gut. Um, so whether it's packaging or, uh, the name that you choose, all of those things at some point, the buck stops with you and that's why you're doing it. Um, gosh, I, I, again, I think, you know, asking people who you respect, uh, their opinions. I think networking is a very big thing. I think, you know, the friendlier and nicer you are, the more chance you have of being successful as a salesperson. Mm. And Mike, I think mm. you'd agree with that. Um, there's lots, you know, I, I, gosh, there's, there's, there's a lot of lessons I've learned along the way, but there are a couple that I can think of on the top of my head. Well, I, I think there's one question everyone's asking in their head. It's about profitability. Yeah. Christine's like, oh, what's coming? What's coming? Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, when it comes to profitability, what have you done? You've been in business for so long now. What have you done to ensure your sustainability and your profitability? Well, I think uh, we've tried to keep our um, – our operation very lean. So we haven't spent a lot of money on, you know, uh, hiring people, 
Um, we outsource people to do our social media. We outsource people to help us with our shipping. Um, and we find good ones. You know, we don't, we don't waste too much time with people that aren't great. Um, so we're happy to pay a little bit more for somebody who's fantastic, but at the same time, saving money on office space and things like that. We haven't, we have really haven't wasted a lot of money on those things. Um, another thing that I, that we've learned along the way is, uh, when it comes to trade shows, doing every single one isn't going to help you with your profit. So you have to be sort of careful about which ones uh, you mm. you end up doing. Um, so trying a few and then working it out is pretty important. Um, talking to other vendors, learning from their mistakes, what they spent money on that didn't work, um, that's always kind of helpful. Um but, you know, we really, we, we make money and we pour it back into the business a lot of the time and we don't spend money on superfluous things. I think that's mm. it's been really important for us. All right, Jackie, you got to go have a baby. But before you leave us, uh, <laughs> where can people learn more about Wolf Mints and eat whatever? Uh, Wolf Mints are available online at wolfmints.com. Uh, Eat Whatever is available in stores all over. It's also available at eatwhatever.com and amazon.com. Um, uh, yeah, both websites have plenty of information about, you know, the product, where it's made, how it's sold, um, what's in it, etc. Thank you so much for coming on the show Thank today. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Great to chat to you as always. Thank oh, you, Jackie. Time. I'll talk to you in five to eight years. <laughs> uh, and best of, luck <laughs> with, best of luck with everything, Jackie. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. See you, Jackie. Bye. So, um... In a second, we're going to recap what we learned. Uh, I'm also going to answer a question that came in via email, the 70-page question <laughs> from Helen Faulkner. Um, and uh, I have a, uh, an idea, Chris, for that, but uh, we'll we'll talk about it kind of – we'll cut this. We'll literally cut it out, uh, but I got an idea. And then um, – but first, I want to thank our corporate partners. Yes. Uh, who was I say is going to feature it? I can't remember who it was. Was it Funbox? No, that was last week. I believe it was – Who should it be? Who do you want it to be? Are you guys still standing, by the way? Yeah. Yes, so oh, my God. Are, I think I, So we can't see our script. I say Fundera. I, I was just going to say that. So. Okay. Okay. So first, I want to thank Receipt Bank. Um, I want to thank Nextiva. That's our voiceover IP phone system. Yes. Receipt Bank is, gives you a technology to scan your receipts and instantly with your iPhone. Uh, Fundbox, which is invoice financing. And uh, who am I missing? Um, T-Sheets. T-Sheets. Oh, T-Sheets, time tracking software. Fundera... Fundera is one-stop loan funding. It's funny, as Jackie's building her business here, and she said I had no money, there was a time, I'm sure, when she found it was working, the product was selling. At that point, she may have needed some more money to get bigger distribution, better distribution. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if Fundera existed back then, but if it did, I wish she would have gone there because she can get a loan literally overnight, 24 hours. They turn loans around 24 hours. Now, they don't provide the loan. They shop it out. So they'll look at your local bank. They'll look at large lending lenders, and they'll find the best option for you. Um, so Fundera, whatever you need a loan for, use them. And But the lesson I always have behind that is don't just borrow money to borrow money. Mm -mm. If, if, you, if you're like, I got to market more, but you have no idea if the marketing is going to work or not, don't borrow money for that. Figure out what's working first. Right. I love, well, we'll talk about it in a second, how lean this business was when she started and how it resulted in good decisions. Chris, uh, man, what'd you learn today? You know, I learned a lot. One small thing I learned was that uh, she's not threatened by so-called competition. I really like that. Mm. In fact, even in my book, I talk about the being you know in a competitive mode or a cooperative mode and really 
there's just the world is too big to worry about competition. I mean, in some industries, there is some direct competition, and and in that case, you have to worry about it. But as an entrepreneur, not much. But uh, when you asked her about profitability, I thought it was very interesting that part of her answer contained the fact that she outsources people instead of hiring them as employees, and she's willing to pay more for quality. And it reminds me of when I used to be in my family business selling roofing and siding. Um, You know, in the in the roofing industry, you always have the real cheap guy, right? The guy who says, I mean, if a normal roof is five thousand five bucks. If the normal roof is five grand, he'll come in and say, Oh, I'll do it for twenty one hundred bucks. And some people actually buy that. But here's the thing. The guy doesn't actually do it for that. He ends up charging you more or he never comes back. Right. So the 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 line is cheap is expensive. And I really, yes. I really like the fact that she's willing to pay more for quality, and that helps her profitability. That's what she said. Oh, it totally does. That, that's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. No, I believe you, man. You don't have to do the that's what she said line after that. I that's believe you. Said. No, I agree with you. What'd you learn, Christine? Um, that it's not always the best decision to have investors up front, because the more money that you have, the more of a chance you have to spend it stupidly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or just to overspend on things that you realize down the line that you don't really need. Yeah. For me, a, a few things. I thought that the suck swallow tagline is <laughs> a good one because it is edgy. And it was intentionally that way. And you know, if people get offended by it, that's a consumer base they'll never yeah. buy from you anyway. There's another group that says, I get it, and it's funny. And there's another group that says, I don't even care about it. I just think it's a good product. So I think that was cool. It was edgy. But at a certain point, when you get to a certain size, you have to comply with the large corporate right. mentality. You know, as we produce this show, people are like, Mike, it's, it's kind of edgy. You goof around a lot. You insult your college buddies on <laughs> Facebook. Like, why do you put that on air? That's not what the big radio stations do. You'll never get big. And I'm like, the only way to get big <laughs> is by being innovative, different, and authentically myself. Plus, it's the only way to be happy. Right. I'm not going to fake. Be yourself. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. <laughs> I mean it. Um, <laughs> accent, a couple other things. Accent was helpful. Over and over again, I hear it's these elements that are not mainstream help you stand out. Um, uh, avoid, okay, that was it. His note page looks like a treasure map. Yeah, I don't know. Avoid the Me Too product. Oh, that's what, yeah, that was the last thing. The yes. Avoid the Me Too product. Like, what the hell does that mean? What? Yeah. And, you know, that's the, the, the bane of so many startups. So many startups go, oh, I got to simply do what everyone else is doing. And, oh, that's the death nail. Can you imagine being a little business saying, well, the big companies do this. I'm going to replicate it exactly. Why? Yeah. You're going to get your ass handed to you. And charge more. <laughs> Try making the next Coca-Cola. Try making Coke's product. Copy it verbatim and say, hey, look at our soda product. Tastes like Coke. Just like, but it's not Coke. And it's more expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. More expensive. Yeah. You're done. But if you come up with... What was that product? Was it Surge? So I'm promoting my book. Surge. The reason it was Surge, it was 10 times the sugar. No, Jolt. Jolt. Oh, yeah. 10 times the sugar content or caffeine or something of of Coke. Surge was as well, by the way. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And they, they exploded because they were different. Yeah. But people like you, people have heart attacks. People, yeah, uh, Hopefully not, but it's the uniqueness and the oddity that got people's attention. Yes. We've got to be different. Well, I hope people buy the book Surge because it's wonderful. And uh, by the way, we give our takeaways for the guest, but guess what? You're listening. You have a business. You're an entrepreneur. You have ideas. We would love if you go to this post of this episode and every episode and give us your feedback. What was your takeaway from this interview? Or maybe even what was a question you might have asked? 
How about that? And maybe the Prince of Prophet will get back to you or Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> the Prince of Prophet. The Prince of Prophet. <laughs> you know, I do have one thing. We'll add at the end. There's a question came in from Helen Faulkner about Prophet first. So maybe we can do our little fade out thing and then I'll read the question and I'll give you the answer. All right. So we'll, oh, this is cool. We'll end the show. And then, and then we'll do after the, the fade out, then you'll do a little bonus, Pete. Oh, yeah. A little bonus. <laughs> bonus. So th- let, seriously, uh, rate and review our show in iTunes and Stitcher. You can do that. Of course, you can hear us in anywhere, anywhere you hear a podcast. Bruh. And another thing I want to say, I feel like I'm, I'm stepping up on a soapbox here, but look, you're listening to this show. Why? Because you want to run a more profitable business. You want to create the life that you want to live. And you're listening to Mr. Michalowicz because he has so much knowledge and experience in this area. And he wrote the book, Profit First. But here's the thing. In your business, there's other people who can help you. It's called an accountant. It's called a bookkeeper. It's called a coach. I mean, there are people that can literally meet with you and talk about your profitability and say, hey, Mm. let's figure this Mm. out. Mm. (laughs) You know, we've done 95 interviews. 95. And every single one had a little profit tip, a little profit lesson. Jackie's, the conversation we had Jackie today, just, hmm, interesting ideas about mistakes that are made in retail and using the wrong packaging and stuff. Well, listen, we've done more than 95 interviews. For my books, I've done now hundreds and hundreds of interviews. Our members, accounts, bookkeepers, coaches, hundreds of interviews. Combined, it is a huge volume of knowledge. And we've put together, we stitched together all the things that make businesses profitable and all the things that don't. And a lot of things that people do don't make businesses <laughs> profitable. Don't go another day in your company trying to focus on the top line. It's time to focus on profit. But you need a method to get there. Profit First works. We have the proof. We have the case studies. I'm revising the Profit First book and re-releasing it with more and more case studies. Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. You can do this second. Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Click on the Find button. Fill out the little form. We will introduce you to a... Jackie, uh, Jackie, Christine and I are shaking our heads back and forth. Go to the Profit First Professionals form by clicking the Find button. We will find you an expert that will guide you through profitability. And here's the one biggest bonus. When you go to the website, you don't have to have a eat whatever breath mint in your face. <laughs> they can't smell your stinking breath. <laughs> but they'll get in your face. They'll get in your face. Oh, man, will they get in your face about profitability. It's time today, starting now, to make your business profitable once and for all. One easy step. ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Click on the find button. Oh, that's two steps. Fill the form. Ooh, three steps. <laughs> Click on submit. Four steps. And you're in. <laughs> That's right. And you think an accountant or bookkeeper will cost you money? Well, guess what? If they help you be more profitable, they'll make you lots of money. So ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Thanks again to Jackie Ross Handler, our guest. And thanks to you, Mike. And thanks, Christina. And thanks, of course, to our background players, uh, the Lumberjack and Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) Love it. So we'll see you next episode, everybody. Stick around for the bonus in about 30 seconds. I don't know. See ya. Bonus time. So, Chris, this question came in from Helen Faulkner. She owns the Saddle Camp. And uh, if you want to check out the website, saddlecamp.com.au. Seems like there's an Australian theme going on today. Hmm. Oh, wait, hold on. This is this her pay, her uh, question was how many pages? <laughs> oh, and her question is one, two, three, four, five pages. <laughs> and not double spaced. <laughs>
So uh, hang tight. I got a long reading to do. Take a deep breath. Hi, Mike. First off, a huge thank you from my family for your brilliant book. My husband and two older boys, five and seven years, are at the movies to see Avengers Civil War with our wonderful neighbors. Thanks to our owner's draw account. See, they're making some money. There's severe winds outside today, so I've canceled our bookings, sat down to paperwork, and without guilt or worry over them spending too much money, sent them out for a great day. Then, here's the real question. So, here it is. In summary, I have three choices. I can ramp up the heat, beg Laura, she's, I, well, you heard me talking about Laura already, uh, to come on five days uh, so that I can take a week off, so I can afford, I can hire someone to give me more time, or I can cease running um, our supportive, albeit also profitable program, through the school term and devote uh, more time to the other business, or I can accept that my thought is a lovely idea, but it's not when it's going to work out. Stop banging my head and call it quits. You know, here's the answer. None of the above. She forgot to give answer D. None of the above. Hmm. If you want to grow a business that you're passionate about, when you start implementing Private First and it tells you that you can't run your business profitably, it doesn't mean you can't run your business. It says you can't run your business profitably based on how you're currently doing it. Ask a better question. Ask the question, Helen, how do I run my business profitably? Do I need to double my rates? I will tell you there are consumers out there for your very cool saddle camp who are willing to pay a massive premium because you only work with four students at any given time. Uh, you know, the people, and they have the right money, they're the right people with the right amount of money will say, wow, that's exactly what I'm looking for and we'll pay twice, three times, five times the rate. So you gotta ask a better question. How, what steps do I need to make to make this exact business that I love already profitable? And the answer, will start becoming obvious. Double the rates, run more efficiencies, attract a different type of client, extend the length of the train, whatever it is, start asking a better question. The problem I had is reading through your whole thing, it's wonderful, I'm so thrilled you're doing profit first, was you're not asking empowering questions. You're asking, do I need to shut this down? And if you ask yourself, do I need to shut this down? Or do I need to do more of what's not working? Your answer will come back and say, here's how you shut it down, here's how you do more of what's working. I'm at telling you, pick answer D, none of the above. I want you to ask a better question. I want you to start asking, how do I make my existing business that I love wildly profitable? Keep asking. The answer will come to you. Maybe it's tonight while you're listening to this episode. Maybe it's tomorrow while you're listening to the episode again in the shower. Maybe it comes <laughs> two or three weeks later. I don't know. But it is going to come to start asking better questions. That's how you get profitable. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. So everyone, be more profitable. And just for that, I'm going to give you a little punch. Oh, let me turn up the fader. That's it. <laughs> See y'all next time. <laughs> Later.